You're listening to the 12 Days of Crusademus 2022, brought to you by the Longbox Crusade. Transformers UK comic book. Hello and welcome to the very first day of the 12 Days of Crusademus for 2022. Brought to you by the Longbox Crusade. The 12 Days of Crusademus is our gift to the podcast community to celebrate the holiday season. And we're celebrating this joyous season by sharing with you some comic book titles that may have gotten by you in the past. Each of the 12 Days of Crusademus will bring you a hidden gem of a comic book series brought to you either by one of our Holly Jolly co-hosts or maybe a podcast celebrity guest. Hmm, maybe we'll have one today. All the way until we get to December 25th. And as my script tells me, December 25th, that's Christmas Day. So we're going to count down to Christmas Day, and I get the pleasure of having the first episode. I am your host for this very first day of Crusaders 2022. I am Jared, a.k.a. the Christmas Probe, a.k.a. the snow-covered yard sale artist. And here are the three gold, frankincense, and myrrh joining me for today's unwrapping. Jason, you get to be gold. Oh. Welcome to the first day of Crusaders. (laughs) Oh, thank you. It's great to be here. Here we go again. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, I've got a couple jokes lined up here. I think we'll be... If you want my body, anything <sighs> or sex, come on, shut let Yeah, Mary Jane? I got this box of lights. Jared sent me down to the basement to get oh, it. Yeah. I had to yeah. go around Clinton. They're all messed up. I need you to unkink this sucker. <laughs> I know you like kinks, but you got to unkink this sucker, baby. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'll, I'll just hand them over. I'll work on it throughout the, the podcast here and get it done. So, all right, I appreciate all right. you going down there and getting it and not disturbing Clinton, though. I, I, that makes sense. Wait a minute, wait a minute. One, two, three, four. Who's this gentleman over here? I don't recognize him. I don't like strangers up in my place. What's your name, baby? This is John Wilson. I guess. What was it before you changed it? Uh, Merry Christmas, I, I, everybody. I, I, Happy holidays. A tradition like no other, like literally. <laughs> Every literally year, no the year that one goes away, but it's still <laughs> one one year. I, one time, I'm going to be able to say something. It's <laughs> not every not time. Today. Steals <laughs> my spot. Well, with that uh, obligatory mess out of the way. <laughs> You caught me off guard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, John. Everybody has to. Do it. Uh, let's get to the frankincense of the podcast. Hat, DJ, Cristados Kringle. Oh, well, I feel good. The frankincense is that stuff that smells, right? Sure. Okay. Frankincense, right? Sense, as is smell. But anyway, I do smell good. You know, I keep myself clean and all that. But anyway, let's you go. You smell like a hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> frankincense. <laughs> Shower at least once a month. You <laughs> <laughs> caught me off guard with that one now. I didn't see it coming either. I just no, came I did. That's a good one. <laughs> good one, Jared. Good one. This is our sixth year of doing Crusademus. Oof, man, can you guys believe it? Over the years, I've been kind of putting this little story together. And I wanted to take each 12 days, I'm going to read maybe about four sentences of it as we proceed through the storyline. So now that I have everybody gathered around here by the fire, let's all just kind of cozy up to it. Grab your hot cocoa, get your drink ready. 
And I'd like to do a little story time every day for the 12 days of Crusademus. It's called the Twas the Night Before Crusademus. Sit back and relax. Let me give you a few lines from it. It's story time. "'Twas the night before Crusademus, when all through the LBC home arrangement, not a creature was stirring, not even Clinton in the basement. The LBC crew stockings were hung by the festively decorated fireplace with care, in hopes that St. Crustados soon will be there. And we'll continue the story on the next day. I think it's big for all of us, Pat, when I say that. That sucked. Good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's awesome. That's, I can't wait for more. <laughs> Neither can I, because I'm making it up as I go. I actually like that quite a bit, Pat. That was very cool. I can't wait for tomorrow now. It'll be fun. Let's get to the myrrh of the podcast. Delve in the dark web of Williams, the Christmas web. Hi, Jared. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Delve. First, I want to say that I'm grateful when Pat said that he was going to read something. I, I thought that it might take about an hour or so, but he got it done very quickly in like 30 Nailed seconds. Nailed yeah, <laughs> Nailed it. So I'm, I'm very proud of you, Pat. That, that's good. The flashcards are paying off. And secondly, hold on. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to gonna need you to say you're an enormous fanny. <laughs> you said I was Murr, right? Like, Yeah. Impractical Jokers. Impractical Jokers funny? reference. I picked it up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there we go. Picking on the fly. Woo! <laughs> okay. <laughs> so then you were joking, actually, about my reading skills. Yeah. 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 It totally was, man. Absolutely. That was that, that too. Was, was yeah, let me help you out, Delvin, and let me introduce our special guests. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Joining us today around the fireplace on day one of Crusademus 2022 from the Superman in Crisis podcast. It is that podcast's very awesome host, Mr. John Wilson. Welcome to LBC headquarters, John. Thank you. I don't know if Mary Jane's still around, but I'm, I'm feeling more comfortable now to say hi. Thank you for having me on the show. <laughs> well, thanks for not running away. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Now that this fire is cozy, we're all snuggled up here. And Delvin, take your hand off my thigh, please. And um, I'm, I'm ready to talk about some comics. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I thought this was America. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. The shenanigans that go on here. Before I turn it over to John, checking with Pat on how that uh, intertwined ball of lights is coming. You got that done there, Pat? Or? I'm kind of just working on it. You know, it's kind of like knitting. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I wanted to tell you. I wanted to tell you. You are getting help with the decorations this year. Oh, really? That's what I wanted to tell you. But for now, John, what do you have <laughs> gift wrapped in that stocking that you have with you? When you asked me to do this, Jared, and I was thinking about a comic I was going to bring, it slipped my mind for a moment who all was going to be on the show because I've already talked about Transformers with Pat and Delvin before and I do read other comics besides Transformers. I've got a whole Superman show but today to go along with the singing intro I'm not sure whose voice that was I do have a Transformers UK comic book so we are unwrapping the Transformers 204 from 1989 published by Marvel UK. To go to a brief history of the series, the Transformers comic from the Marvel series, a lot of Transformers fans have read the, the US version of that series. The UK version, they would take the US issues and reprint them. And then after every arc or two, they would do an original arc that would sort of fit in between into the continuity. 
after the future characters got introduced by Transformers the movie, a lot of those in-between arcs would feature future characters. And so that's where we are now doing with the story called Time Wars with Galvatron and Rodimus Prime having time traveled back to the present day. We've got Simon Furman writing it. Simon Furman is kind of synonymous with Transformers comics in a lot of ways, at least to me. And uh, Lee Sullivan is doing the penciling, the art. And he has also done a whole slew of Doctor Who comics. Done a lot for Marvel in the UK. One of the reasons I love the series, the Transformers, uh, of course, being a fan of the toys and the, and the cartoons from way back in the day. But I just... I really like a lot of the additions that the UK series brings to the continuity, a lot of the stuff to do with the characters that we don't get for the Budiansky books over in the US. Not to slag off on Bob Budiansky's work at all, just like there's a whole lot more going on over here. I just thought I'd kind of share the love with this art that I was reading shortly before Jared said, hey, what's up? Have any of you read any of the UK specific Transformers comics before, Jared? No, I've read Transformers comics and I've read the Star Wars comics from the UK. So if you merge those two things together, then yes, I have. But no, I haven't. <laughs> That's basically the same thing. If you just, you know, put the two <laughs> dolls together and make them do whatever, you get a new baby. Yeah, I gotcha. No, I'm glad you brought them, though. I think they're a fascinating little niche. Just like the Star Wars ones that I just made a joke out of. Like, just finding there's more content is just right? kind of cool. So uh, anyway, I'll shut up and let you ask other people. It's cool 80s, uh, 80s Star Wars stuff. Yeah, Jason, have you read these before? No, this was the first time I've read a UK Transformers. I wasn't a big Transformers reader. Most of what I know about Transformers, I know through listening to Delvin and Pat's show. So this is new territory for me. Now, Pat, have you read any of the UK stories before? No, actually, I haven't. Because we, we're just covering the Marvel side for right now. So I did find this interesting to read. But I haven't read any, but I have listened to somebody talk about them on a podcast. Mm-hmm. I might know who that was. I might know that guy. You you may know the guy. You know, he, you know he he's been around for a while, but uh, but that's where I've got my knowledge of Transformers UK from. Wait, oh. I got questions. Who's the guy? Is it the guy who's going to help you hang up the Christmas tree? Could <laughs> <laughs> be. Yeah, I think so. Usually, that's what guests do. Okay, okay. I didn't realize I was getting uh, drafted. <laughs> but I did listen to John's Transformers UK um, Return to Return Cybertron. to Cybertron. Nice. Which is sadly shelved for the time being, but I'm glad you're listening. How about you, Delvin? Technically, yes, I have. Pat is going to be discovering that the uh, American version actually did cover a couple of the UK comics. So he's going to be seeing that coming up. I don't want to spoil too much for Pat, but there is an uh, issue or two coming up that's talking about the UK and John, every now and again, our John, Jonathan Schaefer Hank, will bring up the UK universe. So it feels like I've read some. I think he may have even shared one or two with me, but essentially I'm, I'm kind of like one foot in, one foot out. I know that's not the greatest answer, but it's an honest one. All right. Taking a look at this particular issue, the way that they did their format is, of course, comics in the UK are weekly. So you'll have several portions of stories in a book. This book has like 11 pages of a Transformers story and four pages of a G.I. Joe reprint that we're not going to talk about. This is the penultimate chapter of a big story arc called Time Wars. And I chose it because, I don't know, I thought it was action-packed and dramatic. Galvatron has been stuck in the 80s for a long time, along with big hair and really weird other fashion choices. And he's basically attacking Autobots left and right. Rodimus Prime and several other Autobots in the future have traveled back in time to stop him. 
since Megatron exists in the present day and Gavatron is from the future, Gavatron and Megatron have teamed up together. So they are killing Autobots left and right. Fortress Maximus goes to attack him. They blast off half of Gavatron's face. Scorponok tries to get involved, but Ultra Magnus trying to shoot at the bad guy's exits. Scorponok and kills him. Optimus Prime the entire time has been trapped in limbo because the time travel mechanic they have is whenever a Transformer comes back to the present day, he displaces someone of similar mass. So every time they have visitors from the future, they lose some of their people. So Optimus Prime has been trapped in limbo and he wants to come help. Theoretically, he should be stuck there, but through a force of will, that's going to change here towards the end of the story. So basically what we have is as they're all fighting, the key to wrapping things up gets revealed. Cyclonus and Scourge, who are also trapped for the future, they need to get sent back to the present, along with all the other future visitors. Problem is that Cyclonus got killed, which is what started causing a lot of the time travel problems. You know, time travel is fun. But basically, uh, Galvatron and Rodimus are duking it out when Optimus Prime, through a force of will, jumps out of limbo and says, now you're going to fight me, Galvatron. And Galvatron's like, yes! Optimus Prime, I get to fight Optimus Prime. What did we think of the story? Let's start with Pat. Since I don't really know Galvatron in that, in, in the Marvel universe and that's going on, but I, I kind of know that he's Megatron from the future or there's something happening there. I don't know what. I'm going to find out and I'm interested to find out. So I'm wondering in this story, are they like way back in the Marvel days or in your reading of the UK, are Rodimus and all these other guys, already have they already been in the UK issues for a, a while? There's been a lot of time travel back and forth. Okay. So right now, whenever I was on the show with you around the issue 8, 28, 29, I forget exactly which one it was. Galvatron from the 2000s was already traveled back to the present day and he was running around the countryside somewhere off scene. Okay. Um, and so he's been there ever since. And it's been causing the time-space continuum, I guess, to slowly break down because he's been displaced in time. And okay. that's kind of what's causing the, the chaos here. Okay. As far as the story, you're right. You kind of put us into a story at the end. So I, I really want to know what was kind of happening before and how it ends. But what I like is the format. I like that shorter format that's here. It was a little bite size and makes me want to read more. And the artwork in this, man, that face of Galvatron with his face just kind of mangled like that. Oh, really cool looking. So I do love I, that. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, um, we'll have to figure out how I can read the rest of it just so I get it. But hopefully it doesn't spoil me. I agree with the 11 pages a week versus 20 pages a month is kind of nice. Jared, what'd you think of this when you read it? My first thought was a Transformers comic that's not 48 pages. I didn't know that was a thing, but uh, here we are. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> what? That was years ago. Years ago. I didn't say anybody's name. I just, just an offhand Editor, Editor's note. Fucker saying this when you're brought to a big page Transformers <laughs> issue. If that comic book could make a Transformer sound, it would be... <laughs> Long <laughs> <transformer>. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> well, while Jason's working on that Transformer sound, I'll give you my honest thoughts. This was cool. This is really cool. Like I said, once I got introduced to those UK Star Wars and I realized there was like additional content that wasn't even available here in America, I felt the same way when I read this. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then as you guys have talked about, it kind of bounces back and forth. And Furman, I, I think, is having to be wildly creative on how to fit his story in with the American stories and the time travels and the yada yadas. And in the end, it was just a really fun action pack, man. He really wants to keep that action story moving in the in these 11 pages. I mean, it, a lot gets done. A lot of cool action scenes get done. It's a brisk read. It's a fun read. Yeah, it almost felt like, like an episode of the cartoon that was just like really brisk and action packed. And I mean that in the most positive ways possible. So I really liked it. And then like Pat said, the art was really cool. It was very different. Like the, mm-hmm. the artist didn't feel like a robot artist, but it had that Herb Trimpy-ish feel or a Sal Bushima, like someone who can work fast and still make it look pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's how it felt. And I liked, and I have things to say about Rodimus Prime and Optimus Prime and comparing them, but I'm going to let Delvin take those things. We've talked about them offline already and, it's more his wheelhouse than mine. Tell it what you got. I want to be creative with what I say here, because I know that at one point, some years down the line, Pat is going to be reading issues that have these characters in it. So what I'll say is, while I did, I've never read this story before, I am familiar with the work of Simon Furman as he comes on board to take over the last two years of the Transformers. So we're a little bit away from that, Pat. You, you got some Bob Budiansky years to come. And with Simon Furman, uh, there were some definite familiar beats of the Transformers. You have an insane and insanely overpowered Galvatron because he is always insanely OP. Always. Always. Then you have Fortress Maximus, who somehow becomes like Fortress Minimus because (laughs) Fortress Maximus is supposed to be flipping enormous, but like he was basically Megatron size. Yeah, in the anime, he's like Voltron size. He's huge in the anime. He does the same thing in the Transformers American version, so I'm used to that. The exact same with Scorponok. Scorponok is supposed to be huge, but for whatever reason, they under (laughs) him down to like just normal big Transformer size, so so there's that, and Rodimus Prime, oh my god, he's so useless. I hate him so, so much. <laughs> and I hate to sound so negative about that. And then the other beat would be Optimus Prime is always in some moral dilemma. It's like, yeah, I'm really super cool and awesome, and I'm clearly the straw that serves to drink, but should I hesitate and let someone else to take this spotlight? No. Never, Optimus. Just save the day every freaking time. Just do it. Everyone's waiting on you to do it because you're Optimus Maurice Feldman Prime. Which, of course, led to the ending of the book, which is like, yes, what's going to happen next issue? Kick his Optimus, kick his So, a very quick read. A enormous roller coaster for me because it put me through the exact same beats that I was so familiar with in the original Transformers run, but it was done and the action was very crisp and tight and it was done in such a quick way that it was a really enjoyable read. Sorry, Jason, I should have gone last. (laughs) (laughs) Jason, what'd you think of the comic? I didn't actually read it, John. Yes! Yes. (laughs) Well, all right, then I was this 2022. (laughs) No, I did read it. Agreed with 
much of what Delvin said, he and I were talking a little bit about it yesterday and I shared with him, I didn't know who half of these characters were. Okay. But having said that, I know who Rodimus Prime is. And I was remembering back to the movie where I was introduced to him and I said, ah, I'm not so sure that this is the right guy for this moment. And he was not the right guy for this <laughs> moment. Indeed. I will say that one of the strengths to me was the art. We've talked about it. I'm not an artist, but it seems to me like it's very difficult to draw sentient looking robots. And it's really difficult to draw sentient looking robots in combat without making it look Saturday morning cartoonish. And this comic pulled it off. I opened it up and on first panel, some robots ripping some other robot's head off. Just head in hand, body falling to the side. I'm like, this is intense. And even though I didn't know who all the characters were, I got the gist of what was going on. There was enough there for me to say, okay, I recognize a couple of these characters. I know these are bad guys. I know these are good guys. It seems like the bad guys and good guys are quasi-teaming up to take on the mega baddie here. So I was able to follow it along there. And the art and the action pulled me through. To me, I think the art was definitely the strongest piece of it. But I will say that uh, I was ambivalent towards it until you hit that last page. And as like, I know who Optimus Prime is. And I know who I want to come in in the middle of this fray. And it stuck the landing. We'll just leave it there. It stuck the landing. I agree. I agree. So as we talk about your interest in this series, one little note I was thinking about is that with the whole weekly format, I feel like, you know, we've talked about the 11 pages being like a bite-sized chunk of story. And with the way the UK does weekly comics and things like the Doctor Who show, which was a serial, I feel like that chunk of a story to get you to come back the following week was just like a really, really common way of telling stories. So even though this was the middle of a story... What would you rate your interest in the series using the official Crusademus candy cane scale? So on a scale of 1 to 12 J-shaped candy canes, 12 being extremely interested and 1 being no interest at all, why did John even come on this show? How many candy canes would you rate your interest in pursuing more issues of the title? Delvin, what do you think? You're right that wheat format is pretty good. And you're also right in that I didn't know Lee Sullivan's name. He was reminiscent to me of Jeff Senior, who did a good run in Transformers. That's a good mm -hmm. uh, precursor, but you, you still got a couple years from Pat to worry about good old Jeff Senior. And I remember not liking Jeff Senior's artwork, but I didn't appreciate it as much. It's simple, it's effective, and it conveys across a range of emotions. Very good comic book. The UK clearly had a cool thing going on that they kept this book going for 200 issues, plus even if they were weekly, uh, episodic. It's, it's still a very impressive feat. What the heck? Let's go 11. Let's go 11 candy canes. Simon Furman brought the exact same thing to the American comic book, and I can see where it came from, and I can see why the U.S. picked Simon Furman as the follow-on to Bob Budiansky. It was a great way to close out the book uh, in the U.S., and it was very good stuff in the U.K. Pat? I could two things. One, I didn't mention the color work in this as well, too, was just really outstanding and helped make the art pop a lot more. And my second thing I want to know is you talk about the timeline with this, this being every week something coming out. So that's maybe 52 issues a year. Where would this issue fall in this issuing of the Marvels? Was so like there's a there's an arc coming up soon called the Underbase arc, 
And this chronologically falls after that wraps up. In the USC, it's 47 through 50. Okay, 47 through 50. All right. Again, talking about the artwork in this, just to see how really good this art looks with the robots and their action and all that, as Jason mentioned, from where it was in the Marvel early years really has come a long way. And with that being said, makes me really interested in finding out more about these issues. And hopefully if I can track them down uh, when we get to them, or at least catch up to where we are on Transformers Chronicles on the Longbox Crusade plug plug, I will be able to kind of read them and, and follow along and get some more additional backstory going on. So I'm going to give it an 11 as well. All right, 11, 11. So Jared, you're going to break the streak? Of what? Not editorializing before I give my candy cane score? No, I'm not going to break that straight. Uh, I'm going to actually ask a question. Is it very common for this book to share a story with G.I. Joe or Action Force? Yes. For a lot of its well, well, for all of its run, there's something in the back. But for a lot of its run, it's Action Force slash G.I. Joe. That's all I need to know. Like, I liked it to the two to the 11, like everybody else. I was like, if this comes with a more Joe content, then hell yeah, it's getting a 12. There's no way in the world I would pass this up if I saw it laying around at a comic shop. No way. So it's a 12. Awesome. Jason, what do you think? Like I said, I wasn't big into Transformers when I was growing up. I was a G.I. Joe man. But having said that, I've really gained an appreciation for the comic. Thanks to the show. Using my score of humor, heart, spectacle, and art. Humor, not a lot of humor in this book. I'm going to give it a one because I did laugh out loud when Rodimus Prime was like, die! And then he got just socked out. That was kind of funny. Art. I was at the one stage through it, too, because there's a lot of spectacle. But I was like, I had not seen a lot of heart here. I'm, I'm not really feeling it. And then I hit that last page with Optimus Prime hitting the field. And my heart grew three sizes bigger just right there. <laughs> so I was like, so it's a full three. It went from one to three just with that last page. Spectacle, already talked about it. Three, solid, all the way. And art, I got to give it a three as well, just because it is so hard to draw robots fighting robots and the action in here looks so intense so realistic it just was amazing so i'm at a 10 i'm with jared i'm gonna bump it up if i'm getting that action force in there too which is where, where my heart's at so that's an 11 and for your enthusiasm i'm gonna go full 12 you're gonna get all my candy wow canes. all your candy canes wow. man all it's only our second all date. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm, I'm putting out on the first date on this one right here. Well, one last tidbit about the series. I mentioned earlier that they're running UK original stories between the US reprints. And from a US perspective, it almost feels like the UK stories might be filler, like unnecessary, like the Garlic Jr. arc from Dragon Ball Z. You just don't really have to read it or watch it. But, but I think that the UK readers kind of felt that way about the US stories. The, the stuff being written by Furman was their much preferred storylines. And reading through the series, just reading through them as they were published, I do tend to much prefer the UK stories. So although not slagging off on the US stories at all, I think if you uh, give them a try, the Transformers UK stuff would definitely be worth checking out. So Transformers 204, there we go. Excellent. What a great way to start Crusade Miss. And I'm going to ask one quick follow-up question. I've referenced the UK Star Wars a couple of times here. And I only recently found that about, what, a year and a half, two years ago, Pat? You might remember because I think I sent it to you after I finished reading it. Yeah. <laughs> and did they ever collect this? Can I get UK's collection? Does anybody know or is that like a mystery? Oh. A lot of it is collected on Comixology and Big Fat UK. If you just search Transformers UK Classics, I think is what they're called. 
Uh, there are five volumes of just the UK series. So it's digitally at least out there. Yeah. I mean, you can get the physical copies, I'm sure, but oh, okay. it's probably okay. easier to get. I was just wondering that that's, uh, the Star Wars one was definitely cool, and I'd be certainly interested in this. So appreciate that. Well, that will wrap up day one of the 12 Days of Crusademus, and we'd love to hear from you if you're familiar with any of the comics we cover over here on the show, or if you want to give one of our recommendations a try and just let us know what you think about it. You know, give this Transformers UK a shot and sound off. We want to know what you think. You might be asking yourself, where do I sound off? Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. It's all at Longbox Crusade. You can send an email directly to Christados Kringle himself. Contact at longboxcrusade.com. Or, of course, as always, you can call 707-532-5269 and leave a message. That's 707-532-LBOX. Gentlemen. Pick up the sexier every time. And hey, if you're out there listening right now and you're loving Crusade and you think this is the most brilliant thing I've ever heard, well, good news. We did it last year. And if you want more Crusade you can scroll back in our feed. You can find all those episodes. And if you keep scrolling, you'll find it from 2021, 2020, 2019, 2018. It all started in 2017. There's a ridiculous amount of Crusade content and it's out there waiting for you. Back to you, John. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to come back tomorrow to find out what the next gift is from under the tree here in the festively decorated Longbox Crusade Studios. want to say thank you to everybody for having me on. Feels like 2022 has just begun, but here we are already at the holidays. And uh, I'm over on Superman in Crisis. So uh, nearing the end of the 12-month journey through Crisis on Infinite Earths and all the Superman adventures that are being published alongside them. So check me out over at Superman in Crisis. Everyone out there in the listening audience enjoys their holidays. Stay off of the snowy roads. Don't let your car get in an accident. And enjoy your time with your family. And again, thank you everybody for having me on. Until next time, DJ Cristados, play me one of my Christmas jams. Wicked, 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 wicked.
All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. Thank y'all for reading my, my Transformers story. I'm glad you liked the Optimus Prime page at the end. That's kind of what I was hoping y'all would take away from it. So oh, cool. yeah. Oh, yeah. If I had to, if I got to pick one uh, one original art piece, that would be it right there. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. It's like being at a concert and... And Jerome is out there singing by himself, and all of a sudden Morris Day shows up, and everybody's excited. <laughs> <laughs> I got more. I got more of these preferred duo jokes. If anybody wants, them. <laughs> yeah, it was like reading an Adam Lambert uh, Queen concert, and then then Freddie Mercury pops in from heaven at the end, <laughs> or like Garfunkel's out there playing, and I came John Oates is just out there wailing on guitar, and Daryl Hall shows yeah. up. <laughs> or you know like you know you're back listening to some good jams and one of the guys from um oh no i'm just ah! i'm blowing my choke ah! <laughs> one you know one of the guys you, from Pat. um fab comes out and when it's actually the other guy that should be singing <laughs> it's the one guy when it should be the other guy okay yeah, you know, you know, you know, like it's true. We're talking about Robin Fab, yeah, and Robin Fab, Millie Vanilli, Millie Vanilli. I'm trying to think of a duel, but <laughs> it's build your own joke day here at Everybody's coming up with the whole night before Christmas. All right, well, I will let y'all do y'all's thing. Y'all have to do for the other thing. All right, but man, thank you again. for doing it. And yep, thanks for the other thing. Yeah, you know. Technical terms. I think Just like Star Wars. When I saw that big old book and I was like, wait a minute. What is this? And I don't man, I know Pat, you probably read it after since. Yeah, I don't know if you've read it, Jason, but it's got like really the Star Wars one's got some really cool additional stuff like what happened the day after they blew up the Death Star? That story's in there. They explains why Chewie didn't get a medal at the end of the movie. There's a story. <laughs> See, I, I already have that story in my head. I've already written that. that oh story. well. They was getting lit. After the destroying the Death Star, man. <laughs>